It is so good to see everybody. My name is Andrew Mack. I am one of the pastors here at the church, and we are so excited for what God is going to do today. I am believing that God is going to move in this place. That's what I'm believing for. I believe that God's going to set somebody free in this place today. Can you believe with me right now? I believe that Jesus is about to speak into your life something powerful in this place today, something that can change you forever because anytime Jesus shows up, something happens. Amen? Jesus does miracles. He still is doing miracles, and he can do a miracle in your life today. He wants to do a miracle in your life today. He wants to set you free. He wants to heal you. Believe it with me that Jesus is about to move in his house. Come on, if that gets you a little excited, you can clap your hands. You don't need to wait for Easter Sunday when we're so excited to clap our hands. We can clap right now for what Jesus is about to do. In fact, you know what? I think it's really powerful when we just clap before the miracle happens. You know, there's a principle there. Don't wait till you have the blessing to start acting like you're living in a blessing. Just walk in what you are called to walk in. Walk in who you're meant to be. Walk with your head high like what you're supposed to be walking like and watch how the blessings are just going to follow you. You're not going to need to go to every conference and every event and every little thing on every corner to get a blessing because you're blessed. You're walking in the blessing every single day and you don't need somebody to preach over you a blessing. Jesus is, is blessing you with his Holy Spirit that is living inside of you. The Holy Spirit is in you. That is a gift for you. And it, is, it belongs to every single believer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, come on, let's get excited. So today I'm going to share a story with you. You can take your seats now. <laughs> today I'm going to share a story with you that is very powerful, and it was G the ministry of Jesus is in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, read those books. If you've never read the, the Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, you should read them all, and you will see how some of them have stories that overlap. Some of them have different stories that's not in another one. Some of them have a focus on Jesus when he was a young man, a child, telling the story of Christmas. The book of John, for example, has the most unique aspect of the ministry of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a lot of overlap, but the book of John has some stories and some insight that are very special, very unique, and things that you cannot find in any of the other Gospels. But from the age of 30 until the age of 33, Jesus was fulfilling his ministry. He was healing people. He was healing the blind. He was preaching. He was gathering a following. Things were happening. The, the leaders of the day, the Pharisees, the religious leaders were worried. What is going on? What is this? Many thousands believed in Jesus and were following him. He had preached to large crowds, some of them even 20,000 at one time, and all of it was leading to a moment of destiny for Jesus, which was when he was going to arrive at Jerusalem the last time on, in, that, in, that type, in that ministry that he was doing then. He's going to come again, of course, but in this time, he was going to Jerusalem 
to celebrate the Passover because he was, that was something the Jews did every year. One man from every household should travel to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. He was going there that week. It is this week, the holy week of Passover, to celebrate it in Jerusalem and to die on Good Friday on a cross and to be raised again. That was his purpose. That was his destiny. But a miracle took place before he went to Jerusalem. It was the last miracle of the ministry out of the Holy Week that Jesus did. And in fact, this miracle that I'm going to share with you today was really the culmination of all the miracles that he did. It was powerful. It was dramatic. It was so big and dramatic that this miracle was the one that stirred the religious leaders to finally say, we have to kill him. This is so big, we have to kill him. And the miracle was that Jesus raised someone from the dead. <laughs> now, he did that before, but the, this one was in front of a large crowd. It was a large crowd, a large gathering of people. Many people saw it happen, and, and I'm going to share that with you. So let me give you a little background to the story. Jesus had some friends. Their name were Mary and Martha, and they had a brother named Lazarus. Now, Lazarus had gotten sick and Mary and Martha, who were very close to Jesus, he stayed at their house many times. They sent a message to Jesus where he was and say, quickly, you need to come right now. Our brother is very sick. You need to get over here to our house like as soon as possible. Come now, because if you don't come, he's going to die. Jesus, you need to come right now and heal Lazarus. Jesus didn't show up when they wanted him to show up. And so what happened was that Lazarus died. Many people came out to mourn the death. It was a funeral, and funerals in that culture were a long process. Many things you had to do, a lot of mourning. In fact, there was even professional people that would come and cry with you. <laughs> that doesn't exist in Germany, I don't think. You can't hire people to come and cry with you. <laughs> but in that culture, that's what would happen. People would come, you would pay them to just come there and to mourn with you. So there was a large gathering at the tomb where this man, Lazarus, was now buried. He was dead. And then guess what happens? Jesus shows up to this scene of death, a scene of mourning, and this is what we're going to read in John chapter 11. Thank you. I can, I can read my scripture on the TV. You don't know, but I have a TV down here, and I couldn't see it just before. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus shows up in verse 32. It says, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, the, Mary was the one that sent the message, Jesus come. She fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you only had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? 
he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby, they saw Jesus crying, and they said, oh, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry. Now the big group of people are all moving to the tomb. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. It was a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? So they rolled the stone aside, and then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I say it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth, and Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. The message today is let him go. Let him go. Let her go. Let me go. Let you go. Jesus wants to set you free. Jesus wants to set you free to live a life that is way better than anything you could do for yourself. And today the message is simply this. It might seem like things are dead. Maybe biologically it is dead. But Jesus can still do a miracle. Jesus can still do a miracle. Scientifically, whatever, it might seem like it's too late. I don't know what it is in your life where you feel like, no way, this, it's over. It's not over until God says it's over. And with Jesus, all things are possible. Come on, let's give God a little praise for that in this place today. Some of you maybe already know, but in case you don't, I'm going to tell you, in two, three months and a half, my wife and I will be having a second baby, and we are so excited for that. And this last week, we got out of our storage keller, our cellar, like boxes of clothes, and we started looking at all the things we have because it's coming very soon, and we need to prepare for the birth. So we're getting out the clothes, we're looking at everything. Whoa, all these socks, aren't they so cute? Remember how little the feet are? <laughs> and you start to re you remember what it is to have a baby again. And the reason why we're doing that is we want to be prepared. What did you say, Arthur? You want a baby? Yeah, soon. It's coming very soon. <laughs> a brother. It's a brother. You're going to have a brother. <laughs> So um, we are preparing for the birth. Why are we preparing for the birth? Because we know that a baby is on the way. 
You know, we prepare for things. We prepare for our day. We prepare for our week. Maybe some of you cook on Sunday like a lot of food and you have it all ready for the week. You go shopping on Saturday and you have all the food and all the meals planned for the whole week because you know what's going to be happening in the week and you need to prepare for that. Maybe you wake up in the morning and you look on your phone and you look out the window. It looks sunny, but your phone says 11 a.m. It's going to be raining. What do you do? You get an umbrella or you like to walk in the rain, so you're excited. I don't know, but we prepare for life. We prepare for things. But I want to ask you a question. If you got a message today on your phone, an SMS, a WhatsApp, or whatever, that Jesus is coming to town, how would you prepare for the arrival of Jesus? You see, this crowd in that story, they knew Jesus was on the way. They knew Jesus was about to show up. And how did they prepare? Well, they didn't really prepare at all. In fact, they just kept mourning. They kept wailing. They kept crying. And in fact, beyond just mourning, they started to say, Jesus, why are you coming now? It's too late. Not one person from that whole community that day said, wait a minute, Jesus is coming Let's get excited that he's on the way. No, they turned it around to a negative and started to blame Jesus if you would have just come earlier. If you would have just come earlier, everything would be okay. If you would have just done this and, and starting to question why, why God, why did this happen to me? Why didn't you come through for me when I needed you to come through for me? God, why didn't you do the miracle when I wanted the miracle? God, why? And you're here now? It's too late. It's too late. When we hear that Jesus is coming to town, we should get excited that he's on the way. We need to get excited when we hear that Jesus is on his way to our situation. Not that disbelieving it can't happen anymore. And you know what's amazing about Jesus? Jesus is just so good because he comes there to that place. Yes, he is disturbed by what he sees, but he doesn't take no for an answer. Jesus is not going to take no for an answer in your life either. Maybe you think it's not possible, but thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are not going to allow me to stay in my mess, in my hole, in my darkness. Jesus isn't coming to sit and cry with you. Jesus isn't coming to sit and cry with you and to comfort you. Yeah, people saw him crying, and what did they say? Oh, isn't that so nice, Jesus? Oh, he's just so good. Look at how he loved him. Oh, look at how Jesus loved Lazarus so much. He and how often do we do that? How often do we do that? We're ju we just want Jesus to come and, and comfort us and to cry with us in our situation. Jesus is bigger than that. Jesus doesn't want to come to your mess and your situation and what you're going through and just pat you on the shoulder and say, yes, yes you're going to be okay. No, no. Jesus has a miracle for you.
Jesus wants to do something in your life. Jesus wants to shake, shake everything and to bring you out of that situation, not stay with you in the situation. He wants you to come out of that place into freedom and into life. So Jesus isn't going to take no for an answer. And I thank God that sometimes Jesus just doesn't take no for an answer. God is going to chase you down. He's going to look for you. He is going to come after you. The reason he does that is because he loves you. He loves you so much that he's going to come after you and say, no, this is not the life that you are meant to be living. You are not meant to be dead. You are meant to be alive. You are not meant to be stuck where you are, stuck in that lifestyle, stuck in that mentality, stuck with those people. That's not what I have for you. And he is going to come after you, and he is not going to take no for an answer. And I give God praise that he will not take no for an answer in my destiny. Because I want to be walking in who God has called me to be. So he said, roll the stone aside. Wait a minute, Jesus. (laughs) It's four days. It's going to be stinky. Roll the stone aside. (laughs) But God, I don't know if I can do it. Roll the stone aside. Jesus, I'm scared. Roll the stone aside. Roll the stone aside. And you know what's amazing is that the miracle was not that the stone was rolled aside. And I wonder again, how often do we pray a prayer, Jesus, just take this away. (laughs) Just take this away. Get this thing out of my life. Jesus, just move the stone. That'll be enough for me. Jesus didn't move the stone. Jesus didn't roll the stone aside. He told them to roll the stone aside. And so again in that, I really believe that there is a part that we have to play together with God in experiencing the freedom and the life that he has for us. You need to roll the stone aside. Maybe it's a big stone. Maybe you can't roll it by yourself. There are people all around you in this house, in this place, that will help you to remove the stone from your life. But Jesus is telling you today, roll the stone aside. The miracle is not that the stone is rolled away. That's not a miracle. That's not a miracle. The miracle is what happens after the stone is rolled aside. So once that stone was gone, Jesus spoke, Lazarus, come out. And the miracle was that a dead man rose again. Wow. That's the miracle that God has for you, that you will rise again. You're not dead, but I do believe that God raises dead people. If I'm dead, somebody raise me back, please. (laughs) Don't come and cry. Raise me back. Because Jesus will do that too. You might not be dead right now, but maybe there is something in your life where you just feel dead. Maybe your passion for God is just burned out. You have no passion for God. You are not living for Him. You're not living, walking with God. You are just tired. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the stone is in your life. It might be an ego problem. It might be your pride. 
Maybe it's a person. You need to just roll that person out of your life. They're blocking you from your destiny. I don't know what it is. In my life, there was many times that pride got in the way and I had to roll that away. One of the biggest ones was pride when it comes to worshiping God because a long time in my life, I just believed I could worship God without lifting my hands, that that didn't mean anything. And the truth is, it does mean something. It does mean something to lift your hands to God in praise and worship. And I fought with myself saying, oh, it doesn't matter, I can worship God in my heart. It doesn't matter, I can worship God another way. Other people, I don't mind them doing it, but I don't have to lift my hands. And at one moment in my life, I had to make a decision. Am I going to lift my hands in worship or not? And for the first time, I lifted my hands so high. And it was in that moment that God came into my life and changed me. It was so powerful. That one step of just lifting my hands and letting go of all that junk in my head about worship. And God came and changed my life. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can just be a little thing that you just let that go, that mentality that type of thinking. You just throw it away and roll that stone aside in your life and watch when you do that how God is going to move with so much power and speak life over your situation. But you need to roll that stone aside. And you know what is the most amazing thing about this story? Is that when Lazarus was raised to life and came out of that tomb, I don't know what he looked like underneath all of those cloths, but he was wrapped up, barely able to move. Jesus doesn't care how you come out of the cave. You might be limping out of the cave. You might barely be able to walk out of the cave. You might be wrapped up so tight with stuff from your past, things people told you, hurt. I don't know what it is. Jesus doesn't care what you look like or what you are wrapped up in when you come to him. But don't stay in the cave. Don't stay in the cave. Come out of that cave. Come out of that place that you are, out of that darkness, and come to Jesus. And what does Jesus say? Unwrap him and let him go. Jesus is going to give a command over your life. Unwrap him and let him go. Some of the stuff might take a little bit of time to unwrap. Those cloths can be really tight, wrapped up like a mummy. Cut them off, cut them off. But Jesus isn't going to stop working on your life until you are unwrapped and free. The miracle is that Jesus wants to speak into the place that you are and bring you out alive and free. Amen. So let's stand to our feet, and I'm going to pray with you. And I believe that there are people in this place today that this message right now is speaking to you as we are getting ready to celebrate the holy week of Easter and to remember Everything that Jesus did, the Passover, the Last Supper, Good Friday, 
the resurrection, as we enter into this special week of remembering you and your purpose and what you did for us. I can't think of a better time to allow God to move in your life and to set you free. If you are bound by something today, Jesus wants to set you free from that. If there is a stone in your life that you know that stone is there, get rid of it right now. Roll it away right now. Let go of that mentality. Let go of that thinking. Let go of your pride right now. Roll the stone aside. Don't ask Jesus to come in your situation and just sit with you. Don't do that. Jesus does not want to do that. He wants to set you free to walk out of that cave and to be totally 100% free in Jesus' name. And so God, right now, we invite you to move. We invite you, your spirit to move in this place. Call people out of the darkness right now. Call them out of that place where they are right now. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive. Come alive again. Come alive. You are alive. You are alive. You are alive. You are free. You are free. You are free. Unwrap him. Let him go. Unwrap her. Let her go right now in the name of Jesus. Unwrap her. Let her go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Freedom. Freedom in this place. Freedom in this place. Holy Spirit, move. Set people free right now. Set people free right now. Healing. Healing in the heart right now. Healing of emotions right now. Healing of abuse in the past right now. It is done. It is finished. It is gone. Let it go. Get that stone out of your life. Get that stone out of your life. Don't let that stone sit there anymore. Forgive that person right now. Forgive them right now. Forgiveness. Get that unforgiveness. Get that stone out. And allow Jesus to speak into that place and to bring you out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If there is someone here that you have never asked Jesus to come into your life for the first time, there is a prayer that is going to be on screen. I want you to speak this out with your mouth. If you need Jesus in your life, if God is speaking to you right now, and you would say, I want Jesus to come into my life, I want you to speak out this prayer. Speak it with your mouth. There is power in speaking it with your own mouth. And church, we are going to speak it together with those that are speaking it for the first time. Here we go. Father in heaven, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. I repent of my sins and thank you for your forgiveness. Come into my life and give me a fresh start. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen. Amen.